Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Twilight Tonic. I have a beautiful lady from Troy, Ohio today. She is a medium and I'm very excited for all of you to hear about her story and what she does. Terry Hatton, how are you? Hi, Dee Dee. I'm great. And um, just to tell you, I'm, I'm actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. I, oh. I'm from the Dayton area, but now I live in Cincinnati. Oh, wonderful. I love that city. Oh my gosh, I do too. Oh my gosh. Go so to Ludlow Wines if you ever need a bottle of wine. Oh, okay. My good friends good. own that wine shop. All right. Very good. Mike and Julie Ananas too. So if you need a bottle of wine or wine tasting, this place to go. I will definitely check that out. <laughs> so how are you doing, Terry, with everything? I'm doing great. I tell you, I just, um, it's with everything with summer's here, everything, everything is opening up and, and it's just feels good. Everything feels good. We're in a a terrible place in our, our world right now, but, um, I try to be aware and recognize all of that, but also keep myself in a good place. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really interesting when people tell me they're a medium what exactly is a medium? Well, a medium is a person who connects with spirits that have passed. People that lived here on earth have passed and now they're in heaven, Summerland. There's a lot of different names for that wonderful place, but um, I connect with those souls. And is there a difference between a medium and a channeler? You know, the way I was taught in my mediumship development, um, I mean, there's similarities and they tie in and overlap, but there are some differences. Mm -hmm. I just consider myself and I was taught that I am a medium um, channeling. I'm not sure exactly what the differences are, but I don't use the word channeling. 
Um, I just use the word connecting. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how, how do you, when did these feelings start? Oh, you know, I always knew things. Um, my earliest memory of um, psychic and mediumship abilities were early on. I was mm-hmm. about four years old. I remember my family out. It must have been the 4th of July because we were all in a big circle and, and my dad was shooting off some fireworks, you know, the backyard fireworks. Mm-hmm. And he had a bottle rocket, and I remember, like I said, I must have been four or five, um, but I remember in my mind seeing that bottle rocket come up out of that bottle after he lit it, and then just turning and coming like straight at my forehead. And sure enough, as soon as he lit it, it did exactly that. So I remember that because I'm, I remember being scared before it happened, and then it did happen, and, but I was able to dodge it. Wow. So, yeah, so that's one of my earliest memories, but it kind of went on and on, you know, and and I always knew things. We um, grew up with the spirit in the house, but it was a friendly spirit. Mm-hmm. There was no fear. Um, I feel it was very protective. We always felt that, that the spirit was protecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was after my parents, they got divorced when I was in junior high. And it seemed like this spirit showed up at, at after that. And it was me, my, my brother. And it just seemed like this spirit wanted to protect us. Even I remember in high school, I dated a guy. And sometimes if he would show up, and, and I'm going to date myself, but there were the eight tracks then. <laughs> and um, he would come in the house and the, if, if we had the music on, the eight track would just start skipping through, skipping. So it was like it, it protected us from, strangely enough, male energies coming into the house. That's interesting. Or, yeah, it was weird. And he always felt kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not not afraid, but just felt the presence as well. Um, it was this, this spirit was playful, would hide things from us and then you know we just you lay something down and then it's you turn around then it's turned back around and it's gone mm-hmm. what what happened to that and you look around you couldn't find it but then maybe the next day it's laying right in the middle of the floor in the living room <laughs> you know such a right in the middle where you're not going to miss it so um it happened all the time i know i always felt um we felt it at night. I felt it bus- beside my bed several times. I felt. I feel like it's a he, mm-hmm. um, but I never felt fearful. I do remember once it was be- he was beside my bed and he, or I kind of sat up in bed because I felt his presence and I could feel on my chest. It's like he put his hand on my chest and mm-hmm. just gently laid me back down. I, but I wasn't fearful. So. That's now that I know more about all of this. It wasn't um, a bad energy, an evil energy, or anything to be afraid of. Um, my brother sensed it. My mom sensed this this soul. I do think we lived on it. It's kind of weird. We lived on a property that had um, had at one time in the late 1800s been an old grist mill, mm-hmm. and there had been four men who had died. In that grist mill over the time period it was running and everything. 
Um, so I don't know if it was someone on the pro- from the property that was protecting us or if it was a uh, family member. Mm-hmm. Come, you know, like I said, we noticed it first after my parents passed or my parents separated. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some close uh, neighbors that passed away, an older couple, very, very close. And they passed very close together. And they were very nice and protective. And we actually shared the same lane or same long driveway. So maybe possibly them, but very comforting, very friendly, very fun for for us. Not always for my dates. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Quite interesting. I And I will tell you a funny story about that. Um, the guy I was dating at the time, once we were going to... New Lebanon, I'm sure you know that place. Yes. Um, my aunt lived. We were going to spend the night. My boyfriend at the time um, went over there with us. And then for some reason, we and this is unusual, but um, we said, you know, why don't you stop by the house and just check it? So he, he did. And um, he called me later and said he was scared to death because when he drove up the driveway, all the lights were on in the house. Oh, and. Wow. He went in, he got a butcher knife and went around the house to make sure no one was there. But the doors were open, all the lights were on, and he said it was just very, very eerie. Wow. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So he really felt the energy that night, and and he wouldn't go back and do that again to check on (laughs) (laughs) that. He refused to do that for us anymore. (laughs) I can't say... Blame him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I understood very well what he was saying. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so what is communication like? How do you feel it? Do they, do they talk? Do they use words? Is it feelings? Is it visual for you? Yeah, it's, um, it's a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Claire's, Claire Sentience, Claire Audience, all of those with the feeling, knowing, um, hearing, seeing, mm-hmm. tasting. Um, I use all of those, and in my development is where I learned to. Before that, it was more of knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say, as growing up, I had dreams. Um, I knew when my brother was going to be in a, or I knew that he was going to be in a fatal car accident. Um, actually in my dream, he was very intuitive as well. Um, dream, he, uh, had a car accident. He, I came up on it. It was at the end of our lane in our, in my dream. And, um, I broke through all the ambulance and police and everything and I got to him and he was outside of the car in the ditch and and I assumed that that he had passed but I shook him and I woke him up and he came back to life he was okay mm-hmm. so the next day I saw my brother and I told him about this dream and he was 10 years younger and we were very very close and like I said very intuitive and people always said you you guys are like twins you don't even have to say words you are just look at each other and know it's like yeah so and this is a crazy thing but I said oh my gosh I had this crazy dream and I explained to him and I said I woke up crying because I was so 
scared and upset. And he said, oh, my gosh, Terry, um, that's so weird. And I said, why? He said, what time did you wake up? And I said, well, it's 405. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's so weird. And he, he did the do-do-do-do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of making light of the whole situation. But he said he felt like someone was shaking him to wake him up. And he sat up in his bed and he looked at the clock and it was 405. Hmm. Wow. So he exact same feelings. Um, but then we kind of, and you know, with, with free will, sometimes you have the ability to change things. So we said, well, um, maybe, you know, you just drive carefully. You make sure you're watching everything around you, watching other drivers, watching how you're driving. And he did have like a hit some eyes, slid into a tree a couple of weeks after that. And we said, Oh, maybe that's it. And you're okay. You know, but, um, unfortunately about a month and a half after that, he did have a fatal car accident and, um, four Oh five or around that time was about when they thought that it had occurred. So, um, it's just a really weird situation. So dreams were more so in my earlier days. That was, um, in my, late twenties, I think when that occurred, mm-hmm. um, it just, sometimes I'd be out. I, I remember a time I was out mowing the grass and my grandma, um, lived in Kentucky, but I was mowing the grass and I thought, Oh, the phone's ringing. I need to go answer the phone, you know, everything. And, um, I did go in and answer the phone and ended up my grandmother had had a heart attack. So it was just, I just knew, um, so just things like that. Yeah. But as I um, grew older, I was a school teacher. I taught school. I taught art for 30 years, mm-hmm. got married, had a daughter, got divorced. But all through all of that, I still felt things. I knew when things were going to happen. So it was at those times more knowing, although right. sometimes. Um, once I retired from teaching, I actually became a flight attendant for three years so I could travel mm-hmm. and in hotel rooms a lot by myself. And things mm-hmm. started coming a lot more often and a lot stronger. And my daughter's very intuitive as well. And I told her, I said, I've got to talk to someone. So I did go and talk to a medium. And she, I explained everything. She said, oh, yeah, you're, you're a psychic medium. You just need to develop it. And I didn't, I didn't even know there was. <laughs> right. <laughs> You mean there's classes for this? Yeah, there. Out of curiosity, so mediums can feel other mediums. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, she kind of guided me, and I I did take two years of develop two years plus of development classes, and there I learned how to also um, grow my my receiving messages in it through hearing through taste through smell Mm -hmm. um through touch so i expanded on all of those so it's really incredible how you can do that and building your intuition um is just like you know building a muscle the more you do it the better it gets the stronger it gets the clearer it gets really incredible so do you also communicate with animals Terry? I, you know, I do not actually communicate with animals. I do receive them in mm-hmm. readings or messages. 
um, I may be connecting with a soul and I say, oh, there's a little white dog here. Mm -hmm. Um, Show me, you know, some animals that might pop up. But as far as working with uh, like my dog here, Dolly, um, I do not do that. Interesting. So you said you had to take classes. How did you develop your skills? I know that you said by doing it quite a bit. What Uh kind of classes did you take? Did did you take many different classes? Did you study with one person? I actually, there um, is a program. Well, there's several programs around, but there's one that that medium guided me to um, here in Cincinnati. It was one year class and then year one, and then you take a second year. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm certified at the end of the second year. So I worked with two teachers, two mentors, and they were very good and have done this all of their life mm-hmm. um, in many different ways. But they just had, um, you know, exercise of practice. And we practiced, I think there were usually about 10, 11, 12, 13 people in our class, depending on year year two. But they had us do different exercises. And you have to learn how to work with what you're receiving and how to actually have some control over it. So I began to work, found out I'd work with my spirit guides to, I Joy Spirit Guide, who's my gatekeeper. So when I began to to do a a reading, a mediumship reading, it's like I am having a conversation with my client, but I'm also having a conversation with the souls that want to come in. Mm-hmm. And I'm always amazed because there's hundreds of souls that want to come in. It's like once they learn how to do this, they love to come in and talk. Mm-hmm. So my gatekeeper will show on that part, it's like I'm in another room and she will open the door. When she opens the door, I see hundreds of spirits that want to come in and talk. Interesting. Yeah. And I always tell my clients, I can't guarantee who shows up. Spirit's going to bring in whoever you're supposed to hear from. But, you know, if my client has someone specific, they want to hear from mom, dad, um, husband, then I tell them before the reading, always be sending up messages to them. If they understand how to connect with me, then that kind of gives gives them a heads up mm-hmm. and start heading to that door. And they're there when, when Reggie, my joy spirit guide, opens the door. Interesting. And then we can the reading. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that person, sometimes it's a, it's a person, you know, you, you have to think about maybe it's a um, ancestor, maybe it's a great, great grandmother, someone you didn't know, but they sure do know you. Mm-hmm. Um, could also be, you know, someone you went to school with that you hadn't seen in years and years. And they're coming back just to say, thank you for having lunch with me that day. I, w- I was having a bad day. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of go along with whoever shows up. Interesting. Now, when you are doing the readings and they're coming through, are you in a trance state or do you just, you just hear them and relay the message? It's, I hear them, I see them, I feel them, smell, taste. Um, it's like I'm, you know, kind of switching in between that room that I'm talking about mm-hmm. and my I can talk to my client and I'm still kind of connected in that room mm-hmm. where I'm at, um, just kind of keeping 
two conversations going. And that's what I tell my client. I'm having two conversations, but actually the conversation with a soul is a lot different because they may just be giving me a, you know, a floral scent that maybe was mm-hmm. the perfume from all war. Um, I had one person come in and uh, they, it was like a uh, fire burning and a bonfire smell. Mm-hmm. And the girl said, oh, my gosh, that's grandpa did that all the time. That's what we did, you know. And that's how he would show her that she was around when she'd get a whiff of that. But it may be seeing them. Sometimes they show me, can pop up, grandma like to make apple pie. She may just pop up a big image of an apple pie in front of my eyes. Or maybe she's going to show me her physical body. Um, same thing hearing. I had to learn how, and that was with the development, I learned how to hear them. And it's, I always describe it as being kind of like a hearing test, you know, where they have yeah. the different levels. There's a lower level that I know I need to listen for. And that's where I can hear voices or the words coming through. But I had to find that. And and once again, practice it. The more you, the more you can do that and find that, the more... Um, the better and easier it gets. Okay, that's really incredible. What are your insights on the afterlife? Well, I have to say my life completely changed once I learned all of this and actually um, began knowing and connecting mm-hmm. with that have passed. Um, I do... I do believe in God. I do believe that all of this is through God's light. Some people may say that higher power. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Creator, whatever you want to say. But there is, in, in my eyes, um, that divine light. Right. You make sure that I am completely covered in divine light when I'm working. There are evil, bad energies and spirits they're a very low vibration. I only connect with a very high vibration, which um, are those that are in Starland or heaven or um, the light. That, yeah, yeah. Um, I also I think it's interesting to note that my understanding is, I mean, even people that have committed suicide or have committed murders or, or, um, very bad crimes, I have been able to connect with as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm still connecting with a higher vibration. So that tells me that, or gives me a different feel as to what hell is, you know, mm-hmm. it's like into, um, certain levels, depending on where your soul is, has developed and moving towards that divine light. Mm. Um, the the goodness of God or the goodness of the divine light of creator or that higher power. Um, I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe that we come back and learn more mm-hmm. and then move up a level as we are moving towards that light. There are certain things that we need to know and learn. Um, but I, I don't, you know, like the fiery hell, brimstone all of that i don't feel that right because i'm acting with now those souls though are are um 
even though they no longer have a physical body, any of these that I connect with, they, these souls that have had terrible things here on earth, they, their souls still have to be rehabilitated. So they're working and there's a community there. They're, everyone still does their own job if they want to, or they can try a new job or they get, the amazing thing too, is they do not have time. Like we have time. Oh. Time's a huge thing. So everything to them is now. So they may be, um, you know, playing golf all day or, or then just switching and, and taking a nap. Maybe they want to do that. So it's completely up to them, but they also have community. They have jobs. They can try new jobs. They can try new interests. They can, it, it is truly an amazing place. Now, some of those in the lower levels, though, they're working on with other souls that are helping them mm-hmm. rehabilitate, getting healed. Um, you know, someone who was very sick, their soul needs to heal from that. So right. um, I, I still say, you know, it's it's amazing to me that there is not a difference there all going to the same place. They're just going in different levels and working their way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I think it's very comforting. So from when they communicate with you, what is, how do they feel about not being on this earth or in a skin suit? How do they feel about that? I will tell you, I mean, many times they're going to, they may say, you know what, I, I wish I could be there. My life ended too early, mm-hmm. much earlier than I expected. But usually also they're going to say, but I'm here now and this is a, this is a wonderful place. They're usually um, will realize and say, I didn't have a choice, but I'm here and it is wonderful. I am watching over you, even though I'm not there physically, I'm still with you. So that that's the most common message mm-hmm. is let someone know that they are still here. And, and many times they're going to tell me about ways that they let the person know they're around, whether it could be that scent of something or a light blinking or a song playing or in the car and this happened. Um, but they will give the sense of, oh, my gosh, yes. That just happened yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. So the aunt usually says, "Yeah, I I understand that completely." Um, they do, you know. We always say, I always tell my clients, you know, we we always say, "Oh, they're always with you." Well, they're not always with you because, like I said, they do have community. They are doing the things they want to do. Everything is now, now, now. They can switch it up. Mm-hmm. But anytime that you feel like like my mom and dad have passed. Every time I might say mom, or even just in my my mind, think mom, I wish you could help me. She's right there by my side. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. You know, that that thought or even saying it, and she, boom, she's there. But she's going to help you and do what she needs to do. But then she's going to go back to her world. Mm-hmm. So it's not always with us. Unless, I mean, they may be for a long time because we need them here, but they're going to go on to their own world. They do have their thing. And sometimes I have clients who have repeated um, sessions for a long time, or we've done a lot of sessions over years. And Mm -hmm. the same person comes through a lot, but then the same person may not come through for a while because it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay here and let somebody else come through. You need to hear from 
you know. <laughs> right. And I found it it's fascinating. Not- oh. What if they're reincarnated? Do they still come through or are they done with that and then they're being reincarnated? Well, that could also be a reason um, I feel like that maybe they didn't show up. Maybe they have started a mm-hmm. reincarnation. Um, I have never had anyone give me any kind of clue or any soul to give me any kind of clue. It's like, well, I can't talk. I'm, you know, I'm busy with my life now. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure about that. I would have to say, but I also use that as, well, maybe, you know, if they haven't come through, if you're asking for grandma, maybe she, um, you and you've asked several times. Maybe she is reincarnated. Right. Maybe she's living another life here. So, Terry, have you ever had a spirit bug you until you told the person what they wanted you to tell them? Okay, ask me that again. Have you ever had a spirit follow you and try to communicate with you and oh. almost bug you until you find the person that needs that message? I have not, um, and I will tell you why. You can, it can be kind of like a light switch. You can turn it on and off. So I'm not working. When I'm not actually giving readings or giving messages, I turn it off. Except for people like my family, I still, you know, keep that connection. Sometimes if I have a reading, like if I have one at 8 o'clock tonight, I may get some feelings mm-hmm. early day about a soul that's going to show up tonight, but I tell them, come back tonight when I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. And I have friends who are mediums and they just leave it on all the time. Um, but I just feel like my, I work with my spirit guides and they just know mm-hmm. that's what I receive. I don't want to walk into a restaurant or a store and then, feel like I am supposed to give this person a message. And I say that just because, and I I have a medium friend who actually does stay open all the time. And he said, well, I felt like I should always be open and give messages. And I feel like spirits contact me because I'm supposed to give that message to that person. And I just feel, yes, but I also feel like if I'm not open to receive a message for that person, Mm -hmm to get that message some way in another way Mm. spirit's going to give them a message that they're supposed to hear i just won't be the conduit at that time right and do you find i think it would be very draining if you were turned on all the time absolutely and that's it i feel like i can if i'm staying focused and i know my spirit guides are working with me at i mean right before i say okay we're working let's go let's do this and i think it's just more of a um you know a better effort rather than just being open all the time yeah and so i feel you know i just also feel a lot of um a lot of times that I, I, I like permission to, to connect with somebody's people, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> I don't want people to feel like, you know, when they're around me, like, oh, is she getting someone, you know, you know, <laughs> or, 
you receiving something about me or and people do that all the time. And I just know it's I'm not I'm not open right now. So no worries. But um, I just I like to to say, OK, we're working. Let's do it. Right. I could I can totally understand that. Absolutely. My next question is, since we've been talking about reincarnation, do you know some of your past lives? Have your guide showed you your past lives? Um, I have had feelings about some of them. Um, you know, that deja vu, you go somewhere and you yeah. just, you just know this is where you belong or where you've been or it's home. Um, so that along with other, you know, other people in your life, your soul circle that like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've forever. So those kinds of things. Now, about a year ago, I did go and, and actually have a soul regression, past soul regression. Um, and I was in like, a uh, London area, um, probably around the 18, late 1800s. Um, and we did go through a life there and it was a very difficult life. And, um, I was very poor, um, kind of a beggar type person, but I, I lived and felt every second that we went through. It's like truly amazing. Wow. That's incredible. Was that, um, done through hypnosis? Um, no, other than, I mean, I've tried years ago, I tried some hypnosis, um, but never really felt, but that was before I got into any of this knowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, now I probably could, could actually do it and, and be, so to speak, put under because that kind of was with the life regression, you go in, they go into a hypnosis. Right. Um, so very similar. Other than that, that would be it. I hear Dolly. She sounds adorable. I hear your your parrot. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like they know. <laughs> I know my parrot has not been quiet. I'm in, no. I'm in a studio, but she's Amazons are so loud. <laughs> but she is a great source of my joy. Well, and this is Dolly being quiet. So <laughs> <laughs> I love bulldogs. They're my um. I watch somebody's bird sometimes and he has a big bulldog and he's the nicest guy and his bulldog is so sweet, but she's a big girl. Yes. Dolly's kind of middle size for her, um, for an English bulldog. She's only, well, she's almost about, well, about 48 pounds, I think, but very solid. Oh, I love them. They're great. Very. So, Terry, do you teach classes? I do. I actually, um, I do some workshops. Um, I, I have a workshop where I do a meditation. You get to kind of learn more about your spirit guides. You get to meet one of your spirit guides or more. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a really fun workshop. I do other, uh, like, um, increasing your intuitive abilities or recognizing your intuitive abilities. I also do an intuitive soul circle. Um, that's a group, a monthly membership group and just started it about seven months ago, but we have an amazing time. Um, 
it, I always say this life will change you or this circle will change you. It will change your life. And it, it truly does because once you become aware of your own intuitive abilities, mm-hmm. you start paying attention to them every single day of your life. Things change. So now you, is this class online or is it in person? Everything I do now is online except for a couple of expos and, and psychic medium shows, but everything is online. Wow. So you have that intuitive circle. What other classes do you offer? Um, I'm trying to, I, the intuitive one, the spirit guides, that's all I've done probably in this new year since January, um, an intuitive circle, um, think if there was any more, but I think that's it. Yeah. But you're also a life coach. Am I correct on that? I do. I, I just became certified back in the fall to do intuitive life coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one-on-one sessions with that as, as well as one-on-one readings for psychic and medium readings. That's really awesome. A life coach, an intuitive life coach. And what kind of training do you go for that? That just sounds really well, interesting to me. Yes, and just like with everything else, all of it is mm-hmm. is using that universal energy. And that's why I thought it would really be neat to expand into that because I do Meridian tapping with that um, with a session. And that's just finding some of the energy uh, meridians in your in your own body and using tapping to kind of shift that energy. So it's very interesting and using my intuitive abilities to kind of know where I need to go with this client, what we need to, the words I need to say, where mm-hmm. the direction I need to take to get the best, um, that best uh, result for them during that session. Well, wow, it's super interesting. And where do people find you if they want to take online classes or if they just want a really wonderful reading from you, how do they find you, Terry? Well, I do have a website. It's just www.terryhatton.com. Um, it's under construction right now. It's there. I've just switched over all of my platforms with this new online business. So um, you can still get to it. And there's still information being added and completed on there daily. Mm-hmm. I also have... Uh, business Facebook page that is Terry Hatton, intuitive psychic medium, life coach, and teacher. Mm-hmm. I have a private Facebook page where we get a little bit more into um, using and recognizing your intuitive abilities or how to begin to develop them or empathic information. Mm-hmm. That one is going to be my spirited, intuitive connections uh-huh. for guiding, guidance and development. That sounds wonderful. If you join that, you just answer a couple questions and then you're in. Mm-hmm. And in both that business Facebook page and the private Facebook page is where I post links for signing up for um my intuitive soul circle, the monthly membership, or for the workshops, um, for the webinars that I offer as well. Okay. That's amazing. 
So people, please check her out. She's a lovely lady. And I really hope we meet in person soon, Terry. You sound amazing. Oh, I do too. I can also give you my email and phone number if that works. Of course you can. Okay. My email is Terry, T-E-R-R-Y at terryhatton.com. And then my phone number is 937-231-0575. Yes. And if you guys didn't get that info and you're on my Facebook page and you're like, hey, we heard Terry. I'd love to have a reading from her. I'll also give you that information. That would be wonderful. Terry, you're such a joy. Give Dolly a big hug for me, and I hope to talk to you soon. It has been a pleasure, Dee Dee. I've really enjoyed this. Yes, thank you so much, and you have a really great night, Terry. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.